Hey guys, this is Liz Cambage. This is Nikki Collins. What up, guys? This is Ethan Stark. Hey, this is Imani Media Stafford. Hey, this is Jordan Canada. This is Asia Wilson. Welcome to the WNBA Nation. What's up, WNBA Nation? Kyle Haywood here, and I am really excited about today's uh, little small episode. It's finally time to give my final WNBA mock draft for 2022. This has been a lot of fun all season long, um, being able to go back and reflect on each of these players, where they've been. Um, I've watched way more games and way more game film than I intended because I just got really, really into this year's draft class. And to be honest, I'm looking forward to continuing to do this each and every year. So um, before we hop into the actual draft itself, though, I do want to take a second and just give a couple quick announcements. First of all, we are now on TikTok. You can find us at WM at WNBA Nation Pod, uh, just like our Twitter handle, you can find us on TikTok. We should have some pretty good um, content coming your way there. And probably the bigger announcement is that we now have a website. You can go ahead and check out WNBANation.com. Um, there's so much there. You can listen to episodes right there from the website. You can check out the blog where I will have typed up an actual mock draft on there. You can also connect directly to our Twitch channel. You can email us. You can contact us. You can read a little bit more about our show, as well as probably the, the part that I'm the most excited for, and that is the store. We have totally revamped and recreated our merch store. Um, we've eliminated some past designs that we had up. And we've simplified it, and we did a lot of research. We got a lot of different uh, products, and we just wanted to make sure that the stuff that you guys were receiving was really solid quality. Um, every once in a while, we would have someone purchase something in the past that just wasn't good quality, and we felt bad about that. And so we totally revamped our store. You can check that out. It's actually a Teespring store. And uh, if you go to WNBANation.com, and click the store link right there. You can check out all of our different designs and uh, different things for you to pick up. So go ahead and check that out. And uh, yeah, let's hop right into this year's final mock draft. All right, we're going to start things off um, with the number one pick. This is now the Atlanta Dreams pick after a trade that went down between the Atlanta Dream and the Washington Mystics, they swapped uh, pick number one and pick number three, and Washington also picked up a couple other, um, a couple other portions with that. For Atlanta, basically, if you're sitting in that number three spot, that's a rough spot to be in because really a lot of people are looking at this draft as kind of a two-person draft between Ryan Howard and Melissa Smith. So dropping to three was kind of a, a big deal for Washington because either A, they didn't necessarily care for either of those top two picks, or B, they felt like what Atlanta was offering in this trade could allow them uh, better opportunities in the future. So 
Atlanta now with the number one pick. Let's hop right into it. I've got Atlanta taking Ryan Howard, six foot two guard out of Kentucky. Now, the reason I'm going with Howard, and I actually may have looked at Melissa Smith going number one overall had someone else been picking, but with Atlanta in particular, they no longer have Kennedy Carter. They no longer have Courtney Williams. And there is a lot to be desired in that Atlanta backcourt. Ryan Howard really could provide exactly, hopefully, what the dream we're looking for there. Um, she's a very, very good on-ball and off-ball defender. She's got a really solid, efficient shot. She averaged 20.5 points per game and 7.4 rebounds per game and shot 44% from the floor. She shoots about 38 from behind the arc her senior year. And honestly, she really could end up being a a big-time franchise player moving forward as the number one pick. Uh, She also, at 6'2", that's a rare size that you can have uh, for a guard in the WNBA. And, you know, if if that ends up being uh, something that Atlanta can can hone in on and, and Howard can become a, a really strong piece of theirs moving forward. I, I think that this trade will end up being a smart move for the dream. So that's who I've got. Number one, Ryan Howard. Number two, the Indiana fever are going to be selecting as all of you already know, Nalissa Smith, six foot four forward out of Baylor. Basically, the Indiana Fever have a really easy job to do this upcoming draft with the number two pick, and that is whoever Atlanta takes number one, you just take the other one number two. So, Melissa Smith is honestly, she she very well may end up being the best player taken in this draft. The Fever are in desperate need of a big who can rebound and can score efficiently. That's exactly what Nalissa Smith provides you. She averaged 22.1 points per game, 11.5 rebounds per game, um, and led a really strong Baylor team who many considered uh, worthy of a number one seed as they headed into the March Madness tournament. Now, obviously, they got eliminated pretty early in the tournament, but still, Baylor had a fantastic season. Um, Nalissa Smith is, honestly, I think she's probably the best rebounder in this class, And uh, she moves into space really, really well on offense, which allows the uh, which allows guards to make entry passes to her. Uh, She she just reads the floor really well and moves really well without the ball in her hands. Um, She doesn't have a fantastic outside shot. Most of what she does is inside the key or within 10 feet. And uh, but she does a really good job there and. You know, she doesn't necessarily need to be a stretch big. Uh, so we'll end up see we'll see what happens. But I've got Nalissa Smith going to the Indiana Fever at number two. All right. Now, if you go to pretty much any mock draft from uh, any source, you're going to find Ryan Howard and Nalissa Smith going one and two. That's just the reality of of what <laughs> of what happens with this draft. However, the three through 12 here. Uh, are kind of a lot. This all just depends on who you prefer. And so as we go through these, I've had players move up and down quite significantly through these particular ranks. And you'll kind of see what I'm talking about here if you've paid attention to my previous uh, 1.0 and 2.0 mock drafts. At number three, 
I do have Shakira Austin, six foot five center out of Ole Miss, going to the Washington Mystics. I pretty much thought that the Mystics were going to take Ryan Howard because they needed some more help in their backcourt. However, at the number three pick, I don't know if they want to reach down for somebody who's likely going to be going at seven or eight because I don't have another guard going until at least pick six and seven. So at the number three pick, do they risk taking one of those or do they just simply go with the best player available? And if they go with the best player available, I believe that to be Shakira Austin. Austin has fantastic size. She's six foot five. She's pretty athletic. Um, her defense is going to be the reason why a lot of teams are interested in her. She snagged nine rebounds per game, and she usually gets at least two or three blocks and steals. Um, I think she, if you if you were to combine those together, as far as you know, grabbing a turnover from the other team, she's always like three plus on that. So she's a really solid defender. She's not a great scorer as far as efficiency goes, but she does put up numbers. She averaged just over 15 points per game last season. And honestly, one of her biggest weaknesses, and I've mentioned this before, is her free throw shooting. As a big that's going to get to the line quite a bit, you'd imagine, she needs to be able to knock down free throws at a little bit better pace. So hopefully she gets into the league. She has some attention that can help her develop a little bit better shot and she could end up being a really solid piece uh, to Washington's puzzle. Let's go ahead and move on to our number four pick, the Indiana Fever again. They actually have the number two, the number four, the number six, and the number 10 picks in the first round. So this is, feels very similar to what Dallas had uh, in previous drafts, where they just are loaded with first-round draft picks. I've got the Indiana Fever taking Emily Anxler at number four, six foot one guard slash forward, kind of a wing type player out of Louisville. Anxler has often been tabbed as kind of a Swiss Army knife type of player, and honestly, it's really fitting for her. She was pretty much the only Louisville player who could figure out a way to score against that insane South Carolina defense that we saw all all season long. Um, Louisville really struggled offensively with South Carolina, as did pretty much every team that played against them. But Anxler was kind of the one player that could do it, that could figure out a way to get in and, and get some shots up. So that, to me, showed that even against really stout defenses, Anxler can figure out a way to score. Now, her scoring output isn't necessarily anything to write home about. She averaged just under 12 points per game. However... If she can find uh, her way onto a roster in the WNBA, her her shooting percentages have seen a steady increase every single year since her freshman season at Syracuse. So she's done very well in progressing as a shooter, and so I think that if she can keep that up, she rebounds, she passes, she dribbles, she defends, she kind of does everything. She's kind of one of those players that isn't going to hurt you in any one area but isn't necessarily a specialist in a particular area as well. So I do think that Indiana needs a player like that, and so that's why I've got Angstler going at number four. All right, number five pick, New York Liberty. We're going to go ahead and go with Niara Sabali out of, out of Oregon. She's six foot five center, and uh, a lot of you who were around when Satu got drafted, yes, 
this is another Sabali. Yes, it's out of Oregon. Yes, it's in the first round. And yes, it's after her junior season. However, these are not the same player. They really aren't. Um, Niara has a really different game from Satu. She's she's definitely a WNBA talent, and she scores a lot. She scored 15.5 points per game, 7.8 rebounds. She's really raw still to the game of basketball. She really needs a lot of development still. However, she's progressed really, really quickly at Oregon in just those couple years. And so I think that a team like the New York Liberty, who have players in that same position who can kind of maybe take Savali under their wing, show her the ropes a little bit, and develop her, her athleticism is really strong. Her wingspan alone... That makes her an interesting pick, but honestly, a lot of where she's lacking is just experience. Her defensive instincts in particular are a little bit weak right now, uh, knowing where to be um, on defense and and just making the right making the right choices without having to consciously think about them, just making them instinctual and just that your body automatically goes there when something happens. That's where Savali will needs a little bit more development, but that's understandable. She just hasn't. She she is a little bit underdeveloped for who she is. But I've got Savali going number five to the New York Liberty. Number six. Wow, an, in another Indiana Fever pick. I might be higher on this player than most people. However, I think this is a fantastic fit for the Indiana Fever. I've got Destiny Henderson out of South Carolina going to the Fever. If you look back at who I have them taking at two and four, they've got a, a true big in Nalissa Smith and kind of a Swiss Army Knife wing player in Emily Engsler, and they need a true point guard, and that's Destiny Henderson. And Henderson, if anything, provides speed and absolutely suffocating defense around the per- perimeter. She maybe is undersized defensively, but her speed and effort alone is going to make a lot of uh, a lot of WNBA guards frustrated when she happens to be guarding them. Now she's not just a great defender; she also shoots really, really efficiently. Um, she doesn't put up a ton of shots, but she shoots forty percent from three point from the three point line, which might be the best percentage of anybody that I've got projected going in the first round here. So she's definitely an outside threat that you have to respect. However, you don't necessarily consider her uh, a major offensive production type of player. This is a distributor with a lot of speed and that can absolutely lock down, defend on the perimeter. So that's where I've got Destiny Henderson going. If size is an issue that that some people have brought up about, you know, oh, she's really undersized. Jordan Canada, Leilani Mitchell, there's so many of these types of players that have found a spot in the league. And I think that Henderson can absolutely be that. All right, moving on to number seven, the Dallas Wings. It feels weird that the Dallas Wings only have one pick in the first round. That just feels that feels really weird to me, considering what they've done the last couple seasons. And they don't have a pick till number seven. I've got Kirsten Bell, a six foot one guard out of Florida Gulf Coast, going to the Dallas Wings. Some people may have Bell higher because she has incredible stats. Some people may hold her back and and have her late first round even into the second round because she played at a quote-unquote small program in FGCU. However, I really do think that number seven is kind of a sweet spot for her in this draft. She's caught a lot of attention. She put up nearly 23 points per game last season. And yes, 
It may have been against lesser competition. That doesn't mean that she can't do it against the big dogs either. When FGCU lined up against Virginia Tech in that first round of the NCAA tournament, she she dropped 22 on them. So she's got a solid skill set that even against bigger and better teams, she can still make it work. I think one of the bigger concerns here for me is at FGCU, she did a lot of defending kind of on in the front court position. She was defending a lot of the bigs. And that was kind of an interesting interesting spot for her because you know she's six one she's a good size she's a good size guard but moving into the WNBA I think she's going to be at the very least she's going to be out on the wing at like the two or the three position and guarding players out there um, and so making sure that she's got the speed the lateral quickness that can make that perimeter defense work I just haven't seen enough of a sample size for me to make a call on Kirsten Bell in that regard however um, if she can add that element to her game, she could really, really be a solid piece for the Dallas Wings. Um, I mean, I always get excited when we see players out of quote unquote small programs because, you know, we've seen players like Alicia Clark, Allie Quigley, and others that have ended up being just fine. So we'll see if that ends up being the case for Kirsten Bell, but I've got her going at number seven to the Wings. Number eight. This player is probably the player that I have moved around in my draft more than anyone. I really, really have a hard time knowing where this player is going to go. I have had, I've had her as high as number three. I've also had her out of the first round. So she's moved all over the place for me, but I've got Minnesota taking Elisa Kunane out of NC State. She's a six foot five center and, um, I think that Minnesota really could be a good landing spot for her. Basically, Minnesota's going to be looking ahead to life without Sylvia Fowles, and if you can provide Kanane an opportunity to learn under Sylvia Fowles for a year, that could be a really solid uh, developmental piece for Kanane. Her production really dropped off her senior season, and that's kind of where uh, a lot of the question marks surrounding her have come from. As a junior and sophomore, she was scoring like, I think three more points per game and two more rebounds per game. But still, as a senior, she was putting up nearly 14 points and eight rebounds a game. Um, so it, we'll see what happens here. She's not a great three-point shooter. However, at six foot five, teams still have to kind of account for her out around the perimeter because if she's open, she can absolutely knock it down. So we'll see what ends up happening with Elisa Kunane. But I do think that Minnesota has has a way of snagging that snagging that draft pick that has maybe some question marks surrounding them and be able to get the most out of them. Uh, so we'll see what ends up happening, but I've got Kanane going to Minnesota at eight. At number nine, we've got the Los Angeles Sparks, and I think that this player fits very well with an L.A. Sparks roster. I've got Veronica Burton, five foot nine guard out of Northwestern. I have loved watching Veronica Burton. And she may have bumped up a little higher on my list if we would have seen what she could do in the month of March. But Northwestern didn't make the cut, and they didn't go ahead and play in any postseason tournament. So Burton, pretty much her season ended pretty abruptly. But I really like what I see out of Burton. If I could pick a player 
from this entire draft class to drop a triple-double in the WNBA, it might just be Veronica Burton. In fact, she nearly had a triple-double just earlier this year in February when they played at Illinois. She had 13 points, 14 assists, and 9 steals. Not rebounds, steals. So she nearly had that triple-double, and it wasn't even including the rebounds, which a lot of people consider the second easiest number to get. So if if Burton does end up in LA, I think she'd be a good fit for them. She really can do a lot. She's one of the better two-way players in this class because she can defend and she's a scoring threat. So we'll see what happens there, but I've got Burton going to the Sparks at nine. Number 10. Now, number 10, 11, and 12. Honestly, I've got about one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. I've got nine players that really could go through any of these last three spots. I'll give you reasons why I've got them going to these particular teams, but I'm also going to mention the other six players when we get to the end of this first round. But my 10, uh, my like 10 through, I don't know, 18 is just, uh, ask me tomorrow and I might change my mind. So, <laughs> Uh, at number 10, the Indiana Fever with their fourth first-round pick. I've got them taking Nas Hillman, six foot two forward out of Michigan. Now, I am not, I am not like blind to the fact that Nas Hillman is one of the best college players in the country at all. However, we've seen time and time again in both the women's and men's game that sometimes the best player in the country doesn't translate well when they reach the pros. And that's just that's just the reality. They might be a great college player, but it doesn't translate to the pros. I'm nervous that that might be the case with Hillman. However, I think that her body of work speaks for itself. And especially if she drops this late, I think that she's definitely a first. She's worth taking a flyer on in the first round. Um she has phenomenal footwork. She's got great post moves and back to the basket work, but she's only six foot two. She's got a, a good wingspan, but she's only six two, uh, which means she's the same size as Ryan Howard, that pure point guard that's going number one. It's hard to imagine that she's going to be just as productive in the WNBA as she was in college. Um, but if she does end up b- making a, a spot in the WNBA, I think it's going to be because she's a great decision maker. Not only, um, not only a great scorer, but she actually, when she gets the ball inside, she can pass well out of the post. And uh, I think that Indiana might just be able to take a shot with Hillman uh, with their fourth pick in the first round here. So Nas Hillman, number 10, Indiana Fever. 11 is the Las Vegas Aces. This one, for me, was such a hard choice. I didn't know where to go with this one. And I was higher on this player, actually the last two uh, mock drafts that I've done, but I've, I've cooled a little bit just simply because I just don't know enough about this player. And that's Sika Kone out of, uh, she's on the Mali national team, as well as she plays for Spargran Canaria out of Spain. She's a six foot three forward. She's only 19 years old. And we really are only seeing her in international play. We haven't seen her obviously here in the United States, but she's an absolute double-double machine in club and international games. She feels kind of similar to what we were expecting with Awak Queer last year, and uh, she may get drafted first round and 
just sit on the roster and not get a ton of playing time. Just see if Las Vegas wants to be patient and just go through and develop her and and turn her into something. She really could be a really strong asset to a WNBA franchise. Honestly, I just don't I just don't have enough context for her because a lot of the games that I I see her play are against a lot lesser competition and she she seems really dominant but you just don't know how it's going to translate uh once she gets over here. At number 12, oh man, I switched this draft pick in and out about 13 times in preparation for my for my final. So for those of you who think there's no way I would take somebody else at 12, I probably agree with you by the time you're listening to this. As the time of this recording, let me explain why I've got this player going at number 12 to Connecticut. Connecticut has one of the most complete rosters in the entire league. They honestly, they were the number one seed going into the playoffs. They're absolutely solid. However, one of the probably the biggest missing pieces for the Sun is just that person who can come off the bench and light it up from behind the arc. So uh, just a three-point threat that's not going to be super turnover prone. And that's why I've got Lexi Hull, six foot one guard out of Stanford, going to the Connecticut Sun. I may be the only mock draft that you see with Lexi Hull going in the first round, but she can come out and absolutely light it up. We've seen time and time again throughout the season uh, when she's playing for Stanford that uh, you know Stanford will be in a close game at halftime, and by the end of the third quarter, they're up twelve because Lexi Hull dropped eleven in the quarter going three for three from behind the arc. So we know she has that potential to get really hot, really quick. And I think that having that type of player is exactly what Connecticut could use. Um, they're really solid in one through five. And uh, she may not be, you know, she's not, she's not just a score. She also has really good court vision. She's, and she doesn't turn the ball over. She can distribute pretty well. However, the biggest concern with Hole right now for me is on defense. And not because of a lack of effort. She just she kind of leaves a lot to be desired there. We'll see what ends up happening. But if Connecticut wants to snag someone who can just provide a spark off the bench and, and heat up quickly and knock down a couple threes, I think Lexi Hole just might be the person to do that. All right. Let me list a couple of other names, and I'm going to go ahead and wrap this up, but here's some other names that I have had in my first round at some point over the last couple of weeks, um, and I, I really, really have a hard time knowing where these players are going to go uh, in no particular order, all right? This is an alphabetical. This isn't in the order that I have them, but this is just a list I made, all right? So Ray Burrell, Lorella Kubai, Avina Westbrook, Kayla Pointzer, Nia Cloudin, and Kristen Williams. Any one of those six players could easily find their way into the first round, and if you've got them going as high as 10 or maybe even 9, I would have no issue with that. Just personally, as I was looking, especially at that 10, 11, 12 spot, I just went, all right, if I were Las Vegas looking at my personnel, who would I snag right here? Because I think... There's enough, there's all of these players have a lot that you do know about them, but they all come with their own certain amount of question marks that, you know, are, you're a little unsure on how they're going to be in the league. So with that being said, 
watch for all of those players as well going in the first round of the WNBA draft. Coming up this Monday, Monday, April 11th, 7 p.m. Eastern time. Right now it looks like it's scheduled for a two-hour broadcast, and I'm so stoked on that. We will be reacting to this live on our Twitch stream. Make sure that you are following us on Twitch, twitch.tv slash WNBA Nation. We will be reacting live. Come hang out with us. Uh, we'll probably be giving a little bit of uh, uh, not just reaction, but maybe some of our own predictions, and we'll see We'll see how completely off I was with my final mock draft here. I hope that you've enjoyed these. I've enjoyed putting these together for you. And if you'd like to see more of this stuff in the future from us, go ahead and message us. Hit us up on Twitter. Hit us up on TikTok. You can email us, WNBANation at gmail.com, and just let us know if you like these mock drafts. I've had a blast with it. But that's all I've got for you today. I'm going to go ahead and sign off for WNBA Nation. I'm Kyle Haywood, and we got you next time.